0: We'd like to welcome all of Shooters Touch Nation back to another episode of the Shooters Touch. This week we have on the show Robbie Sieverding, the head men's basketball coach at the University of Dubuque. Robbie has a very unique story. Coming up through high school, best player on his team, went to Marshalltown Community College for a year. His coach ended up leaving for another job, then transferred to the University of Northern Iowa where I know him from being recruited and then coming to some visits and watching him play throughout his years there. He then graduated, got an assistant coaching job, and then was moved into head coaching job, as he put it, probably too early. But he made the best of it and has had some very, very good teams at the University of Dubuque. It was really fun to go back and forth with Robbie, chatting about the Unidome, playing in a football stadium, practicing in a football stadium when he was at UNI, and also a couple of the camps that he ran that Brian and probably myself were at where he was a athlete coach. We hope you enjoy this episode, and as we always say, please remember that wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a five-star review if you like what you hear. Follow us on social media, and always remember, shoot or shoot, here is Robbie Sewarding.
1: I got the shooter's
0: touch. Can't nobody shoot like me Fourth quarter down three need a two and one better call me Better call me If you know you need a shooter I'm ice cold like a
1: cooler get you right though I tool tutor this that might flow. I'm a hooper I got blue faces on blue faces
0: I'm too Welcome back, shooters. Another great episode of the shooter's touch and today we have the head men's basketball coach at the University of Dubuque. Robbie Sieverding, welcome to the podcast, Coach. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, we um, we appreciate your time, and obviously, you know, with uh, with what we what we try to accomplish here at the Shooters Touch, you know, your your background, you know, where you're at, and I guess your coaching career definitely definitely speaks to a lot of our listeners. So we 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 really appreciate you being here.
2: Yeah, should be exciting. I'm I'm excited to chat with the former Panther alum and hopefully we uh hopefully we can get on some good topics
1: <laughs> well without further ado coach let's uh let's jump into this a little bit and uh we always like to start from the beginning and so what was basketball like or when did it come into your life as a as a young boy growing up and then how did you ultimately fall in love with the game
2: um well I, I started you know ever since i could remember growing up i had four older brothers and older sister uh, most of them played um my sister was probably the best other uh, player as far as high school career, things like that. Um, but, you know, it's totally different. Youth sports, I have a, a daughter playing youth softball, and uh, if I told my parents some of the stuff we're doing with her right now, I think they would, they would fall over. Uh, but it is crazy different. You know, we grabbed a ball. I didn't really have a hoop in, in our backyard much of my life, so I went on the neighbor's hoop. We went to the local park. Uh, down in Bellevue, Iowa, by the swimming pool, and we'd, we'd have pickup games there. We we made our own field uh, as far as playing baseball. We were multi-sport athletes, so it was pretty much just getting out of the house and, and running around the neighborhood and grabbing a ball and a bat, and no matter how good it was, you could find a way to hit it, hit it hard, all that stuff. So it was uh, totally different now, obviously, with youth sports, but I got involved, I was fortunate to be in a neighborhood where there was a lot of young kids and a lot of young kids that were playing sports and outside. And it kind of just started then, um, you know, as a probably a five, six year old. And, you know, growing up uh, baseball and and I played football um, up until um, we had a little bit of change when I reached eighth grade where we couldn't um, go to the the same school in Bellevue at the public school to play. So we had to come to Waller to play, which is, you know, 30 minutes away. So not many people did that in football, which might've been a blessing, but football was probably maybe my favorite sport up until about sixth, seventh grade. And um, I was fortunate that we had a pretty good baseball team and I really liked baseball. And um, I think of myself as a pretty good baseball player back in the day and had a good high school career in baseball too, but basketball just kind of kept moving uh, more and more up the ladder as I as I got to be like an eighth grader freshman. So it kind of it's kind of just a uh, probably an old school story where nobody forced me to go, you know, we just go out to the park and we'd play. Uh
1: you those definitely the good old days. I think obviously a little bit of age gap between all of us, but we all grew up the same way, kind of small town Iowa, playing multiple sports and then obviously hooked in and and ran with the basketball side of things. And so with that, Marquette High School correct? Um, yep. Is where you went, and uh, one thing for sure we got to touch on is this 62-point game. How in the world, eight-minute quarters, are you getting 62 points?
2: Yeah, and it was actually a, it was against uh, Olin-Oxford Junction, and it was um, very we did did um, um, many teams, you know, usually we saw some junk defenses, um, some boxing, all kinds of crazy stuff, kind of, but um, they had a couple good players. They had two good players and their coach basically told our coach that they were going to play man. And it was like a 10 point game. I think we ended up winning by like 12 or so. Um, but it was just one of those games where everything kind of went right. And uh, they played man that game. And uh, I give my best friend a little bit of, a little bit of crap because he, he stepped on the foul line a couple times and he, he lost me a couple points. It'd be one thing if I was like a 50% free throw shooter, but you've done it now a couple of times. So I golf with them on Tuesday nights, so I always give them a little, a uh, few jabs on on that too. But it was just one of those nights. I shot a lot of free throws. Um, teammates did a good job getting me the ball. Uh, small town Iowa basketball. So yeah, I mean the competition was was solid, but you know nothing like uh, you see at some of the the higher levels. But it was a it was an awesome we won, we won by about 10 or 12. So it wasn't a blowout, but it was an exciting game and um don't remember much about it really now anymore, but it was it was exciting and talked about for a little while.
1: And Marquette obviously just as a program has had a lot of success and um you know, I obviously no different when you were there. What uh what, what were some of the teams like and what do you remember about some of your guys' runs? Um well, coach coach Squires did a great
2: job. Coach Jim Squires, um he was there uh, he had to be there I'm guessing close to 40 years or so and he retired uh, for a couple years and then he actually ended up coaching his son out at Dyersville Beckman here a few years ago he coached out there for a couple years uh, or coached his uh, grandson I'm sorry um, out in Dyersville Beckman but he did a great job the community was really great uh, and, and same thing I think in a roundabout way not having football there um, kept kids from you know they did we did you know, golf and, 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 baseball and basketball, but you didn't have not, not, not that distraction, but you didn't have that taken away. You know, we were, they did a really good job and the community was really involved. The, the feeder program was really, really good. And then I, I give them a little bit of uh, crap too, because as soon as we left here, all of a sudden these seven foot giants and six, eight kids, our starting center was like a six, two, uh, just hard worker. Brad Lemmer was six, two. And uh, we had a sophomore Pete Boniface who was a really good baseball player. Um, who was like a six-five post player that came in off the bench, but we started a six-two center, and um, we we had a really good we had a, a good conference back then. Uh, Preston, which is now Easton Valley, they joined another league. They were always really really good and had some good players that went on to play in college. And then uh, uh, Northeast and uh, Goose Lake was always those. It was us three were usually uh, three of the better teams, but um, you know Marquette is has not had some of that success here of late their numbers have kind of gotten down with total enrollment so they haven't uh, uh they just they haven't gotten back to quite those uh they had about a ten year run not just when I was there but even after where they had you know they made it out to Des Moines uh, quite a few years there and had some some guys with some size the Kilbert boys and Jordan Eggleseed who played at northern Iowa they had just a handful of guys uh with with a ton of size that I wish we would have had just one of those guys just because we were we were outmatched, but we had some really good, uh, uh, some really good athletes that were that had a lot of fun playing in tournaments growing up too.
1: Um, talk a little bit about that because we, I know you touched on as far as as a kid, but then at the high school level, what was your summers like? I know you said you played baseball, but did you do any AU? I mean, obviously, nothing compared to what these kids do now. But what was what was summer basketball like for you uh, growing up there?
2: Yeah, we went to your traditional kind of high school team camps with your, you know, with your high school team. We would go out to you and I. Um, we would go to Luther, to uh, Oline. I think, um, had a team camp out there. So we would, you know, like we would pick, you know, if I'm remembering right, four or five weekends where you played with your high school team and you stayed overnight and um, you had fun and had, had some blasts. You know, we, I remember at Luther College, you stayed like in the racquetball courts and they threw matches in the racquetball courts. So <laughs> my buddy and I, sometimes you'd be amazed what a, a quarter sounds like at 2 a.m., you know, <laughs> dinging around the racquetball courts with your you know assistant coach getting mad at you. So there's a crazy amount of stories that I could share, but I don't want Luther, now that I'm coaching the league, they'll bill me for something. There
0: you go. Yeah, I ruined
2: something. But it was, uh, you know, we played four or five tournaments with your team. Um, I ended up playing. Um, I give uh, Hank Huddleston a little bit of crap because I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough to play for the Martin brothers back then, and it was kind of just like one or two AU teams, and it was it, you know. Where now, um, if you got a heartbeat, it seems like you can play. You can find a spot to go. Um, so it was different. Um, I played uh, uh, Kevin Kevin Buddy, who's a good friend of mine. His son is uh, Seamus, uh, who coaches down at North Scotts. So one of the uh, very good uh, coach down at North Scott. His dad, Seamus's dad, kind of one of his sons, and and he got a few guys from Dubuque Hempstead, and I knew him from family, and he asked me to play with them one summer. So we played on like a kind of a makeshift AAU team, and some of the smaller ones we kind of created our own team, um, and we beat Martin Brothers one time with with our team, but we were not, we didn't have nearly the names um, uh, to compete with them on a normal normal night. But uh, one time you could get them, just not a bunch in a row. Um, so yeah, I played one summer with them a little bit for the most part. It was like, we were with our high school team. We played, you know, we played baseball for part of the summer and you're with your high school team playing, playing a ton, ton of games. So that that's obviously changed a little bit and, you know, some for the good, some for the bad, maybe just depends who you talk to, but, um, the AU is, is awesome. And there's some things that are, that are great about it. Um, as well, it just wasn't nothing near what it is today, obviously back then.
0: It's funny you say that coach too. So, uh, when I was in high school, I, I I tried out for Martin Brothers as well and didn't make the team. And then, so two or three of the dads, sound like a similar situation, just got together and said, "Hey, we we all want to play, so let's just let's just make our own team." And we kind of formed a, our freshman year. We formed a team, and it just continued on to our senior year. So, kind of a cool, um, you know. While there were only one or two AAU teams back then, like you said, um, you know, the bonds that you build during AAU are just, you know, un- unbelievable and you know what you learn during that during during the summer and and you know playing against that other competition is is pretty awesome too so yeah that's pretty Yeah, cool it's awesome um right well, hey, so uh obviously we um hit on high school here and then um I should talk to us a little bit about your recruiting process you know as as, as a player um after high school went on went on to marshtown community college. Um, what, was, what was that recruiting like, and you know what other um, schools were in the mix, and how'd that go for you?
2: Well, I had a, you know, I was, I was small town basketball. You know, we, my graduating class was about forty. We probably had about forty-one kids in our senior class, and now they're down to probably on average around, probably twenty to twenty-five per class down at Marquette now. Um, one of the classes, uh, one of the classes, I think, just had. Um, I think just one female student or one male student in the whole class. So they're going to be winning everything. uh, It'd be (laughs) be hard to to not win some of those things. But most of them now have gotten a little bit better balance, but they're down to, you know, some classes have maybe 25 is, you know, per class, which is um, getting down there. But they've had some, a few really good donors and and very supportive um, with that. But when I played, you know, it was, it's still class 1A and, and, um, rightfully so it's just not the competition that you play at some of the you know the 4a schools and 3a schools so um, a lot of the stats and the things that I did you know always had to be um, considered with the people that were talking to me and I was only it was you know we didn't have a we had a weight we had a new gym my senior year that we finally moved into my senior year Um, and they put a, a small weight room in there that was You know, nothing like a weight room that you would see anywhere now. It's like uh, uh, probably an oversized couple closets that are put together. And I never, I never stepped foot in there because I don't even know if there was weight equipment in there that first year, but now there is, it's just a real small weight room. So I never, you know, I never touched a weight. I was a hundred and probably 55 pounds in, in high school. Um, I, my senior year at UNI, I played at like 192. So I, I put on, you know, some, some good weight and I spent, you know, I averaged, I think, over 30 points. My, my, around 31. I think my, my junior year, and around 32 or so my senior year. But um, making it to state was obviously really good. My senior year, uh, we finished, I think, third, and and uh, got to some other coaches uh, got to see me out there. And you know, I had some Kirkwoods. I had some Division twos looking at me, but um, no Division two offers. A, a lot of Division three schools uh, looking at me. I took a visit with. Um, to Platteville and saw, you know, talked with coach bull Ryan up there. And they had, that was during the times where they were winning some national titles. So I went to a game there and it was pretty awesome environment. Um, But I had enough uh, other people. um, And I thought that I could, you know, I I thought that I was like a lot of kids, you think you're probably a little bit better than you are, but I, I I thought that I could maybe get stronger. Just listening to some of the coaches I was listening to um, that I could get stronger and, um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with that first year. I talked about walking on at, at Iowa as a preferred walk on. And um, so I ended up, I ended up um, spending a year at Marshtown junior college and got stronger and, and uh, played against some great competition there. And, and we had a really good team. We had a, you know, our starting five um, Jake Jakes who played at Iowa and Jason Price played at Iowa, our point guard. And uh, Michael Stewart was from Des Moines, Roosevelt. He played at uh, South Alabama our starting starting four man was uh, Chris Worrell, who went to Nickel State. Uh, we had guys on the bench that weren't that were playing like ten minutes, that were five ten minutes a game that, that had Division One, that were getting ready to play at at Drake, Abdul Collier, and some different guys. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like, I think I'm I think I'm holding my own. And after a few games, I I um, my strength didn't. I, I found ways to be. To, to work around those deficiencies and I was able to play a lot and I had a really good year at junior college and, and my junior college coach ended up leaving late and uh, I was planning on going back there for one more year. Um, he ended up, Coach Marquis left and, and uh, went to Indian Hills, but he was going to be an assistant coach for one year and then the head coach after that. So long story short, I didn't, I didn't really necessarily want to go there and I didn't really, they didn't know who the coach was going to be at Marshalltown and, and I went to a, a camp in the summer and um had Providence and a couple schools, Iona, um, Creighton, um, Creighton even buzzed through Bellevue there and and uh, chatted with me there at the park and um, and in Northern Iowa was just getting a new staff, Sam Weaver and and uh, uh, the new staff was just getting there for their first year um, and Ron Smith was um, Ron Smith saw me play and and Grady being a couple assistants and. I started going through all of it and it was kind of a, not a late minute decision, but it happened like in July, I think when our coach left Marshtown and kind of started scrambling a little bit and wanted to be close to home and wanted to go somewhere where uh, my parents could see me play and and, uh, not feel like they had to drive, you know, too crazy far. And so it ended up being great. I I thought it would be somewhere where I could play. I was competitive and um, I didn't want to just be given minutes and things like that. But I wanted to go somewhere where hopefully I can make an impact and, and uh, where they wanted me and where hopefully they can see me um, trying to get things turned around because you and I had had a couple of years where they're struggling. So it ended up working out, but kind of a long journey and, and needed to get stronger, needed to prove that I could play with um, good competition. And all those things kind of took place and, and led me to you to and I, which was uh, just an awesome place an awesome time there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So I have to ask you this. So obviously, obviously for listeners who are, um, their expectation is on, on a bus trips, it's mostly cell phones that kids play on for cell phones. There were cards. So I was in that era too. So a lot of spades were played when I was, uh, when we were on, on, on the road from people I've talked to that played with you, Robbie. Um, I've heard that you always had to have one partner and there (laughs) may have been a, uh, I was told maybe some hand gestures or some eye gestures. Good vibes. Good vibes. That, good vibes. <laughs> you know what? I think I, Coach.
2: I think Coach Mac. I I that. told Coach Mac he still owes me a little bit of money. Yet I don't know <laughs> if he ever paid up from the Valley tournament there last year. I and mean, him and Coach Jake, they might have. You, you'd think they're making enough money now, or they could pay their
0: pay their bills. You would think. Um,
2: so I don't know. I think they they might be a few dollars short. But we had a lot of yeah. We didn't. It was, it was spades, and uh, it was uh, a lot of fun doing that on the, on the buses. and yeah, We usually had kind of the same partners, so we had the <laughs> – you got very good at verbal cues and all those things, kind yep. of nonverbal cues, figuring yep. each other out, but it was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's a good story. Um, and then uh, another question I have to ask, you know, obviously, obviously going to you and I, they have a great facility now in the McLeod Center. Um, however, obviously before the McLeod Center, we had the Dome. And, um, my experience with the dome, the first couple of weeks of practice were the worst, just, just from a shooter's perspective. Well, after that though, I would honestly prefer to play in the dome. Is that kind of how you, um, how you came into that too? Or what, what, yeah, are, your, what are you thoughts about playing? You in the were,
2: dome? you were, you were getting in the spoiled part. You forgot about the yeah. West gym. You forgot about yeah. young arena. <laughs> we got tossed around load everywhere because that was, that was the days of, uh, um, leaky domes at times yeah, and all this I, stuff. We had,
0: I, I was at that game actually.
2: Yeah. So we, we, uh, we played a couple games at West gym, which was, you, you talk about, that brought you back to old school, you know, that's uh, where they wrestle and there's fans right on top of you, but not, nah, that's a high school type gym. And then yeah. uh, we played a few at, at, uh, uh, not, I think either one or two, we played Southern Mississippi, I think, uh, Neil Reed's team, uh, the Indiana transfer, um, at Young Arena down there in Waterloo. I, that really? might have been the only the only uh, game, but I know we played one or two there. And the only interesting thing there, my brother's like that because you could drink beer there. They sold beer at Young <laughs> right. Arena, but you couldn't do it on, in the Unidome on then. Campus. Um, but the Dome was awesome. You know, obviously, the uh, I wish we could get back to the Iowa and Iowa State games and things like that for obviously the, the, the Drake and you and I guys, that's an awesome game for our state. Uh, but those games were were, uh, you know, great atmospheres. And the dome was, that was that was kind of, that was our home court. So, I mean, it was comfortable for us. And um, it was definitely different, definitely different shooting and getting used to that that big of an environment. Um, but I, I I mean, that was totally fine for me. The guys are spoiled now, the McLeod's awesome. Right. I've only got to coach there, not really play there yet, but um, uh, the dome was still special. You know, it was seeing that big of a place Bring the floor in and out. It was it was different, unique. It was too big, but it was it was definitely your home court and enjoyed playing on there.
1: One thing, coach, with the dome that uh it, it fit perfectly and actually as I'm going back and kind of connecting the dots, um I, I think that there was probably at some point in my Eldon Miller day camp you and I uh days, I think you probably coached me at some point um at those summer camps and uh that dome that had a lot of kids in there it worked really well for camp and i tell you what you guys put on a pretty good camp there in the in the late 90s
2: yeah and then they got the they got the panther pals they got all those things going on yeah i remember we you know we, we went to their high school team camp there too and they'd have the courts set up and it was uh it was all purpose they got you know, that <laughs> that dome is uh that dome is really uh uh, had all you think about all the student athletes from high school on down and up that have been in there it's kind of been a staple for the you know the state of Iowa the amount of people that have been been through there from that to the boat shows to the, to the football and you know we lived in the 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 red house there that kind of maybe was famous Adam might know about oh, that yeah. that was that was a pitching wedge away you know from from the dome and um we had a lot of parker we had a lot of visitors trying to park on our yard and all that stuff, but that dome was used for so many events. Um, and it was a it was a special place. But yeah, the, the amount of kids and camps that have been through there is it's probably touched almost every part of Iowa. Some some families with right. kids, they've
0: invested in that dome. Yeah, it was you know, when I was there, we would practice in the dome. At any point in time, you could have us practicing, track team running. A football, you know, quarterback throwing throwing routes to a receiver and then, you know, potentially the volleyball team running stairs in the dome. It's uh, obviously a great facility that can house a lot of stuff, you know, but uh, I think they uh, upgraded with the McLeod Center, I think, too.
2: Yeah, McLeod Center is, it turned out awesome, not, not too big and just turned out uh, awesome. It's nothing more exciting, you know, flipping them on and trying to get on Synergy. I don't get to see him play as much, but um, seeing when the when the place is packed for some of those big time games, it's been awesome as a as a Panther alum. Seeing them, you know, obviously North Carolina a few years ago, and, and some of those games that they've uh, you know held serve at home against some very good competition has been exciting to see. Yep.
1: Well, good coach. Let's uh, let's transition then into a little bit of uh, what it is you do now, and obviously that's on the coaching side of things. Um, Bennett UD now since '07. Uh, what what did the path look like uh, to, to finding yourself in Dubuque?
2: Yeah, and actually, I've been here actually before that. I've been a head coach, so it's kind of crazy. I messed around. I had my senior year, we were out in Montana, my first game of our senior year, and I was going in for a layup right after halftime, something I've done millions of times, and getting ready to get contact from maybe behind me and planted and blew my ACL out, and I thought it was just, you know, I thought it was going to be just a sprain or something like that, so I sat out my... My senior year, um, that that whole senior year, I sat out and then I came back in redshirted and I played my final then senior. So I played four years or I, I was at UNI for four years, played three. So my last year was for coach Greg McDermott. That was his first year. Um, and then I had, a, I was messing around, going to try to play for a little bit longer. I knew I wasn't going to make millions or anything, but just trying to prolong my career and, um, played in a couple little leagues, uh, for, for half a year and tore my knee up a second time. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is good. I just need to start <laughs> golfing and doing some of those things. Um, uh, and I actually came back here close to home and coach McDermott's brother, Marty McDermott, um, had just got the job here. And before Marty got here, it's kind of crazy. Cause I interviewed for Paul Lusk. Um, Paul Lusk spent one year at UD and, uh, the coaching profession is crazy he spent one year here I give him some crap because he was two and 23 and he quickly got promoted to be a division one assistant head coach <laughs> in the big 10 or the Missouri Valley he went to Southern Illinois first but so Paul Lusk was here and I got the job as an assistant for Paul Lusk and about a week later um, Bruce Weber left Southern Illinois went to uh, um, went to Illinois and all of a sudden the domino started falling everywhere and I thought maybe something might happen I knew Paul lost just from years ago working when I was a, a camp, a, at camp at I, He helped Coach McDermott at a camp uh, years ago. So I got to meet Paul. A few years later, I interviewed for Paul and get a job. And then a week later, he, he takes off from the Domino's, which obviously um, things like that happen. But we, t- we inherited a team that was two and 23. And Paul was only here one year. So they had really struggled. Our school was in the mid-90s. Our school was uh, literally on the verge of, of working month to month. Um, I graduated high school in 97 and you didn't hear much good things about uh, the University of Dubuque. It was just really struggling financially. They were just trying to find their way and enrollment kept going down and down and they're just trying to keep the doors open. So the, you know, the athletic teams and programs really, really struggled. And fortunately we have a president now that's been here. uh, uh, President Bullock's been here about 20 years and done some unbelievable things. He's got a couple really big time alums that have, uh, been been really gracious and and if you see our facility now, you show you know past alums that absolutely cannot believe it because our facilities have come full circle um, so i when Paul Lusk left, they got the- head, uh, Marty Mcdermott got the head job here, which is coach greg Mcdermott's brother, so I was able to have an in and and the a d really wanted me to be an assistant, so he talked to the new coach about um you know fulfilling my contract that I hadn't yet signed but but was offered and and uh, obviously knowing Marty McDermott had certainly helped and and spent four years in his assistant and we started getting things going in the right directions and some facilities and the school got healthier and healthier and um, we we're fortunate coach McDermott I I got to be a head coach at 28 and I thought I was getting close to being ready and I was nowhere ready really um, but he did he did so much and showing me you know what how things need to be run and run in a basketball program and learned so much in four years and he took an AD job up in Muskegon Michigan at a junior college he wanted to get administration so I was promoted at 28 and we just kind of rolled with it and um, had a great staff had some great assistant coaches uh, Dustin Beerman's uh, our head golf coach now has an unbelievable job here at the University of Dubuque for women's and men's golf and he was an assistant with me pretty much our first seven or eight years. And and we were fortunate enough to have some good players and, and won a few championships. And our school had just completely evolved. If you come here, we, I mean, we have a, we have an indoor football field. Um, our football stadium is unbelievable. We have a practice court. We have two gyms um, that overlook my office. One's their Blaine court and we have an auxiliary gym upstairs in the same building. Our, you know, we got a, a film room. We have a lot of things that are set up to be successful now that weren't even anywhere close. I, I hid recruits in my office and didn't want to show them around when they first got here in, in 2004, and now I can actually show them around campus because it's it's completely changed. So, yeah, I've been here ever since. You know, I, I I've uh, it's close to family and my wife's family and. Um, something about the division 3 student athlete experience this kind of i'm i'm small town and it's it's just it's worked out it, it's been awesome and and the school has, has has treated me well so it's been fun to kind of watch it grow
1: yeah you, so being a part of the warburg basketball program from 03 to 07 um, i i would say you guys have made some monster leaps uh from those times so to where you guys are at now not only as a program but like you said your facilities and just the school in general has it's been really neat to see the the progression that you guys have gone through. And, you know, from that standpoint, it, at at some point, it has to be hard with Loris, Dubuque, and Clark. I mean, having three of those schools all right there, you know, within the same area, I mean, times had to be a little tough there for the university.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, like I said, there just wasn't much to show. Um, you know, if we were to show recruits and talk about our league back then, they're just, you know, other than selling playing time because – you know, we were still trying to find our way, but there, there just wasn't a lot to sell. Um, and, and those things, we, we, we've we been able to change some of that and we feel like we have a chance to be successful, but some great schools. Yeah, having Loris and Clark here right in town, you know, you have some rivalry games and obviously Loris is in our league. So a little bit more of a rivalry just because they're in our league, um, but a great, great city. We have a our league in general with Nebraska Wesleyan joining our conference now too, obviously, you know, winning the national title a couple of years ago, they've, they've had an unbelievable um, run the last few years and, and Warburg's had some really good teams and uh, VH that's now at Dort was at Buena Vista for a handful, you know, 20 plus years and did a great job. And we've had, um, we got a really good league. Um, you hear that probably everyone you're talking to, but um, it's just, it's a really good league. A lot of really good coaches, a lot of, you know, guys that, uh, that just do a great job with their teams. And it's been a very, very competitive league. Um, so hopefully we can kind of keep that going because I think, you know, with Nebraska Wesley joining Jordan having the success they've had. And um, Laura said, uh, had a deep uh, sweet 16 run and Warburgs had a deep run. We've had some, we've had some teams that have held their held their own and our conference has certainly gotten stronger the last you know, five, six years, but, but challenging, challenging as well, but very, very strong.
1: Yeah. I think a, a big part of that, you mentioned it, is a lot of 10 year coaches that have just been there and built a program and just that consistency. And then the facilities too, are, is the second part of that. I mean, you, you go all the way through that league and uh, the last 10 years, pretty much everyone has had an update. And so it's a, it's a fun league. It's a fun place to go and watch some really competitive basketball.
2: Yeah. There's, you know, Loris is obviously, um, I coached in a different gym there and I coached upstairs in our different gym and Warburg had a different gym and, uh, you start going through it, yeah. There's a handful that either, and even if they didn't, you know, people are it's an arms race putting up the. I think Warburg just got a new scoreboard, and the Luther's got a jumbotron, and Simpsons yeah. still <laughs> playing in their old arena, but they got the jumbotron, and BB's got the same arena, but so everyone's trying to do, you know, all that, which is is awesome because you try to give the kids the best student athlete experience, and we're we try to do that with you know our schedule and who we're playing and, and how we travel, and unfortunately we had a, a trip to Costa Rica that we were supposed to go on this last May here that got canceled that hopefully we can go on at, at some point. But, um, we've taken our guys kind of all over the world to Hawaii and Coaster. We did a Costa Rica about seven years ago. It was a great trip uh, on a foreign trip and, been down to Florida and, and trying to, you know, trying to give our guys the best student athlete experience that they can have in the four years that they're here.
1: Absolutely. Well, you mentioned, uh, maybe being thrust into the head position a little bit earlier than you were ready. But, uh, now uh now having some seasons under your belt and um, some growth and maturity what uh what what does your philosophy look like and maybe how has it changed over the years
2: yeah it's it's uh things have just the way
1: the game is being played as you
2: guys know, is just kind of keeps evolving a little bit and, and we don't you know'm trying to recruit the best kids, hopefully from great families that that have hopefully won a lot of games in high school that uh, that want to get after it and, and and hopefully have more questions and answers and want to be held accountable. All those things. We we're all trying to find the you know the big six eight gem that's unbelievable. They're just kind of hard to find and hard to get and all that stuff. But um, you know the game has really really changed, especially in the last few years. Just uh, you're you're seeing more more zone defenses. Um, you're seeing obviously smaller lineups. Uh, every, it seems like it goes in like five year segments where there's different offenses that are kind of popular and familiar and, and and people are running and trying to pick up on some of those things. And what the the crazy thing this year is with, you know, with, with everything that's going on, you had a chance to, to watch a ton of videos through the NABC and and get different ideas. So I'm, you know, there's going to be a lot of things, uh, similar, probably that was going on, but the game keeps kind of changing. Um, we're obviously trying to recruit kids from around the area. We want kids, I am um, trying to protect kind of our home base, you know, the two three hour radius around Dubuque and we get into Illinois um, just because we're a couple miles away. we get into Illinois a fair amount. Uh, but we want great kids that come from you know really good programs and like I said, hopefully they can play a little bit and they're they're willing to they're they're wanting and willing to get better um, because a lot of people don't understand how good a basketball it is and and they you know they think that you can just roll in here and and get going. And we have some, you know, some pretty good players uh, in our league, not just on our team, but obviously in our league that could, uh, that could probably hold their own at a, at a higher level. So it's great basketball. It's a time commitment, just like the other levels. Um, it is, uh, it's fun to see some of our guys, you know, get after it and, and come in as an 18 year old and leave as a 22 year old man where they've matured and, and, and really, you know, hopefully started to become a man kind of, and, and get ready to go out into the workforce. So. It's fun and challenging and uh, hopefully we got a you know, the last couple of years we've just been we've just been okay you know we had a, we had a, a six seven year run where we were really good um, and uh, the last few years we, we didn't have bad teams we just we got on the wrong side of some close games and we just kind of finished in the middle of the pack so it's a challenge because the leagues it's very very tough and like I said there's some great coaches so hopefully we can work our way back up there into the into the top uh, top few here and and get it rolling again
0: we talked a little bit about recruiting there too, coach. And, you know, we've had multiple people from – or multiple coaches from your conference on the podcast. And, you know, obviously have conversations outside the podcast too. What, what, What is a focus of yours as far as, you know, finding those kids? You know, you're you looking for the diamond in the rough, you know, the 6'8", um, you know, power forward that can shoot the three. How – what is – like I said, what is, um, I guess, a focus – Of you and your staff and then you know we've also talked to people who well you mentioned it too that you know in high school you probably think you're a little bit better than what you are um are you finding yourself running into those kids who who probably um would be a great fit uh, I guess on your team however have higher aspirations and you know just just give it a shot at a at a high level
2: yeah and we (laughs) excuse me you know a lot of our a lot of our recruiting is you know, we're recruiting going to games throughout the high school season the whole the whole year and and a lot of our answers come you know once their high school years are over with trying to get them back for you know possibly second visits or third visits things like that um, not too many times they 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 want to say that they're ready to hop on board maybe female sports they are a little bit more and want to get organized all that but the guys are, are a little bit they put things off a little bit and a lot of times they're waiting to see how their year goes so a lot of times it's happening after their season um you know, our our biggest thing is just trying to build relationships throughout the year, trying to see these guys. Um, obviously, hopefully, trying to build relationships with their high school coaches, AAU coaches, getting out in the summer and in the fall and seeing high school games, and um, you know, being here in, in Iowa this long, we we've, we've, we'd like to think that we've established just like a lot of coaches in our league, where are there's there's really good high school coaches. There there is there is more than enough high school coaches that could be doing what we're doing at the college level um, that could do just as good. There is some really good high school coaches. Um, so we're just trying to build relationships with those guys and, and I'm trying to be as honest and upfront with where we see their kids fitting in. We, we don't, we're not in the business of trying to get people here and, and um, trying to tell them something that we don't think is right. And then they get here and have a bad experience that doesn't help anyone. Um, so we're trying to build those relationships throughout the year and identify kids like, you know, as, as juniors, we're trying to identify kids and then start getting on them a little bit and, and see games, see AAU games. And obviously that's changed a little bit this summer, but um, I think that's the biggest thing. It's it's about building relationships and and um, hopefully that's going to take, you know, we, we don't want surprises. We don't want guys just showing up where we haven't really talked to them much and, and we don't know much about them. We, we want to, in, in every case possible, we want to know a little bit about them and hopefully have developed a relationship throughout the year that way both us and them know what they're getting into and, and what it's going to be like.
1: Now, obviously that's a little bit more difficult this year in the world and the pandemic and everything we're dealing with. And uh, so just more than anything, what, what's the outlook looking like for this year? Um, how have things changed? I know we talked a little bit before we jumped on here. You're saying how you guys basically have the option to go all online in class or do a hybrid. And so uh, what's it looking like coach for, for this year, for you guys?
2: Yeah, we're we're still, you know, they've just kind of made a decision on fall sports and our our you know, the American Rivers Conference was was trying like heck just to kind of wait and wait and hopefully play some sort of fall football and things like that. But um the NCA came out with some terminology that made it really, really hard to to make that happen at our level. Um so they haven't got to the winter sports yet. Um there's been a lot of our non-conference, you know, leagues and teams that said they won't play conference competition until after um, January 1st. Um, but then some of those institutions individually, um, they can't play conference, but if we want to play uh, wisconsin um they could still play some non-conference games. So it is like a crazy formula and you can't really do anything right now because they're also saying that you can only play, you know, 50. if you play 50% or less of your season, it doesn't cost a year of eligibility. So, there is so many different things going on, and we're hoping in the next month, um, you know, through different leadership teams that the NCA and, and and our our league has some sort of plan just to to kind of know because we have non-conference teams that their leagues won't let them play conference games until January, but they've reached out and say we might still want to play these non-conference games. We just can't play conference. <laughs> but so in, in essence, their their league saying they're not going to play. Uh, we would still like to play impossibly, possibly, but we might have to cancel on them because we don't want that many games. If there's, if we only have half the season, Uh, but they're not having a conference season. So it's, it's, it is obviously unprecedented times all around. And we just, um, it's a difficult times for these, this, this freshman class coming in, they're going through things that uh, around the country that is just unimaginable with, with everything going on. And um, we're just trying to take it kind of day by day. It's, 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 it's kind of getting old and it's just the way it is because things change about, you know, every couple hours sometimes and and each day. So we hope sooner rather than later, you know, by hopefully sometime in September that we have a little bit better direction on what we might do. But, you know, we got to tell our guys, we got to be ready to go and we can't have a bunch of excuses. We got to act like, and and, and hopefully we have a season once it gets rolling here in in mid-October and, that might get pushed back, but we don't know that. So we got to keep preparing, like we, we got to be ready to roll here mid November. Um, so, but it is, it is interesting. It is interesting. And uh, like I said, uncharted waters and, and not a lot of answers, a lot of a lot of questions. And I'm trying to, you know, usually we'd have next year's schedule already done and we can't even go there because some of these non-con games that we're supposed to play, if we don't play this year, then it might still be a home game next year. So they can't, it's, you're, it's just kind of you're in limbo right now and
0: you you can't really you can't really do a whole lot. So it's it's kinda of crazy. Yeah, I think the uh I guess the biggest part is the uncertainty that you just you know, you mentioned a couple of times that sometimes things change within the hour, within the days, and you know, you just, just have to you know, probably probably harder to uh, have to prepare for something that you're just not sure if it's actually gonna happen. Yeah. yeah a, it's crazy uh, times, like you said
2: it is it is it is crazy and hopefully you know hopefully one way or another uh some answers get coming but you know it's there's there's so many things to consider and so many different ways to go about it and and just so many variables that you know trying to be aggressive but yet kind of smart with what we're doing is you know i think it's just uh is a crazy puzzle that's hard to piece together right now
0: for sure for sure well um we like to end our podcast coach with a little bit, um, excuse me, uh, with a segment called rapid fire, where Brian's going to hit you with a couple questions and all you got to do is answer them easy enough. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Awesome.
1: All right. First one then here. Well, two part, um, what, uh, what's your favorite gym or arena you've played in and then favorite gym or arena you've coached in? Obviously your facility, well let's, let's take that one off the table. So maybe road facility that uh you've coached or played in. Um are you saying as a player or as a coach? Both. So I want to know where favorite place you've played in, and then if there's a place that you've coached in that you can <laughs> really enjoy. Um Wichita State
2: was always kind of a cool environment down down there, but Creighton probably had the uh the most fans and they're drinking beer there too so it was it got pretty crazy there but the best one was at at uh we played at butler uh up the up at butler and i mean it was it was an hour and a half before the game we're coming out to to shoot and there's you know there's probably 50 to 100 people in the student section already and your balls rolling over there and they're they're messing with you and throwing it back at your legs and holding on to the ball i mean you, you could hardly get through warmups there with them in there they're just some of the comments before everybody came there were pretty crazy, and then just you know just just knowing the history of it, that was probably the coolest place uh, uh, in college to to play. And as far as coaching in, um, it was awesome to go back and coach at, at the McLeod um, when we've we've we we had uh, we actually had you and I on the ropes a little bit uh, a couple yeah. years ago. I was at Been that down game. ten in the second half, <laughs> and I looked over at Jake, and it's the first <laughs> time I probably was competing where I almost. I had a small part of me like feel bad if we were, if we were going to win because I didn't, it was just awkward. Uh, but they, they, they put it on us the last 12 minutes of the game they ended up winning by 10 or so, but we played about flawless for a while and we had some guys play really good. But in our league, I'm not sure in our, in our league, I think, uh, you know, we played up at a tournament at Carthage, which is um, obviously um, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where we're obviously uh, thoughts and prayers going out there to what's going on. But, um, that was a cool little environment there. Uh, their gym was a, a really neat, uh, neat gym. Um, in our league, I mean, it's crazy kind of ever. There's some awesome facilities uh, in our league, but the the Carthage had a really nice little arena there um, uh, in Kenosha there that, was, that our guys seemed to like too.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. I like it. Um, what about uh, best player you ever had the opportunity to play against?
2: Oh, man. Well, I'd have to – it's kind of crazy because Kyle Korver beat me out of MVP when he was a junior and I was a senior. And and uh, even then it's like, uh, is he really that good? You know, how good – you know, is he really, they had a good team. Is he really that good? And then it's like, yeah, he's still playing and still kind of doing it. He's a pretty good player, I think.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, but, you know, his first couple of years in the Valley, he kind of was finding his way, and he was on a team that – at Creighton, where they had some established guys, uh, uh, but just based on his his NBA career, he was pretty darn good. You know, we played against you know Reggie Evans and uh, from Iowa and some of those guys, uh, uh, Luke Recker, some really good, um, really good, really good players. Marcus Pfizer comes to my name uh, 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 comes comes to the top of my head as well. Um, one of those guys, but I just with the NBA career, we'd, we'd probably have to go with with Korver for now. We had, we played against Alabama. And, uh, Shay Cotton, I think was his name. We beat Alabama my first year down there at a tournament, and uh, I believe it was Shay Cotton had like an unbelievable high school career, and it never ended up panning out in in, in uh, college. But he was probably maybe one of the highest rated ones that was supposed to be. Uh, but but Kyle Corber has certainly done the the best with, with his career right now, so we can't. I, I got to throw him up there.
1: Yeah, between Corver uh, and Reggie Evans, I mean those guys, their their NBA career is extensive. So that uh, those are a couple good names. Um, switching over a little bit, what's uh, what's your favorite golf course?
2: Ooh, I I gotta go. I'm I'm old school, so I play league in Bellevue with a couple of my buddies and my brother. So it's a beautiful little nine hole course. I can hit driver everywhere, and I can spray <laughs> it everywhere. I I swing really hard and let it go wherever. So it's very forgiving. So I, I, I like playing Bellevue, and it's actually very scenic down there by the Mississippi River, and it overlooks Chestnut, which is an awesome view, and it's my hometown. So that, one's, uh, um, that one always is, is, is very dear to my heart, I guess you could say. But Eagle Ridge, we're, we're fortunate. We have Eagle Ridge over in Galena, about 30 miles away, that has some unbelievable courses. They got a handful of courses over there. The, the General is, is probably one of the nicer courses I've played, which is just over in, in Galena here about 30 minutes from Dubuque, which is, which is
0: unbelievable. You can't, you can't spray it around as much at, at the general, though.
2: No, I take a couple boxes of balls there. <laughs> I take a couple, and I might, I might go through a sleeve on the first hole sometimes,
1: but yep. still swing hard. All right. Well, next one, I'm, I'm anxious because some uh, journalistic uh, reporting has a claim that you might have a jump man tattoo at some point or somewhere. And so what, uh, what's your favorite hoop shoe, a basketball shoe of all time?
2: I I go with any Jordans. I go with any 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 Jordans. Um, you can't go wrong with with some of the Jordan shoes. I mean, that was that was going crazy back then. It's crazy that they're still kind of going uh, uh, going now. You know, we had the we had the purple Nikes. I don't know if I really wore any. I don't even know if we could back then at all. Um, but any of the Jordan shoes, you can take your pick. Any of those.
1: Well, you were, I mean, you were right in the heyday, too. I mean, 94, 95, 96. I mean, these were, I mean, you're talking the 10s, 11s, 12s, 13s. I mean, you're in the the heart of the Jordan era right there. I the know.
2: I was spoiled. He was, you know, watching the last dance. It brought back so many just crazy times and memories. Just I was a, just an avid Bulls fan. I'm a I'm a Cubs fan, which got good here a few years ago, but was hard. And I'm a Bears fan too, which who knows what it'll look like uh, this year too. But I'm a huge Chicago fan, and uh, for all those sports. And we got spoiled in the in the mid '90s there with uh, with what they were doing. It was unbelievable, and it was, I, I'm I'm about ready to start watching reruns of The Last Dance there, just because it was uh, it was it was much needed during that that quarantine time because. I told, I told the kids you just might have to go, just go to the basement and get away for a little while. I eat my time here on Sunday night just to watch this. So
1: Absolutely. It, was, that was, uh, cool. it was awesome. That was an event watching those. It was definitely fun. So, um, hey, when Adam and I come to a game in Dubuque, where do we got to stop and eat? Where's the go-to place before?
2: Well, the, uh, kind of a popular place. Uh, we used to have a champs that was right on highway 20 here, but now it's an old Chicago, which is very close to campus. Um, We got a place called the Dog House, which is right up here at the corner, which is an old bar that has pretty good burgers too. Um, But I would say if you're looking for TVs and sports um, close to our campus, um, Old Chicago is probably your spot. But there's the Buffalo Wild Wings. There's a little bit of everything in Dubuque, but Old Chicago is a a pretty nice spot that's close to campus that if, if there's games on, that'd be a spot to see it. Or you can just Keep going south, and there's a couple of casinos if you're trying to do any wages or anything like that.
1: Well, then I think after the game we can hit up Fat Tuesdays and get a couple more shots up too. There you right. go.
2: That's been, been a long time since I've been in there, but I've been there a few times. I made a few jumpers there.
1: <laughs> well, good. Uh, we talked a little bit about the NBA, but uh, who do you got uh, bringing home the title this year in, in the bubble and winning the winning the NBA championship? You know I
2: it's been awesome watching uh you know the Mavs Clippers series and 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 some of those um I I still think I'm not a Laker fan but if if I was saying who I think is gonna I'm I'm still uh, the Lakers and Clippers could be very very interesting if they end up matching up but um I don't know something tells me LeBron he's he might get one more but the Bucs have just kind of, you know, they haven't been great here of, of late. Otherwise, I would have. if you'd asked me a month ago before it started, I would probably say, oh, the Bucs are playing so good. But there's so many variables there, too. It's just a little bit different, you know, the, the atmosphere and, and what they're doing. But it's awesome to see them. And if I had to say, I'd, I'd probably, unfortunately, have to say the Lakers. Um, Anthony Davis is pretty good. I don't I don't like saying that, but I'd, I'd probably have to say
1: that. How about the job Nick Nurse is doing up in Toronto? Have you guys ever crossed paths along the way, or what's the deal there? No, I,
2: I have I have not, and I would not rule them out of almost anything either. I mean, it is it is crazy though what he gets out of his teams and the job he's done uh, coaching. I think you know everyone's been pretty quiet on them, and um, I would not be shocked for one second if that's who's coming out of the East. Things like that. So they, they've been just really good, and he's obviously done an unbelievable job crazy seeing Fred VanVleet, too, because we, you know, we in our league and, you know, watching him in our league, it's just crazy how some of these guys just keep taking it to another level in their competitiveness, and um, there's just a chip that some of them have that that take them a little bit further than maybe that people think they should go, and they're, they, he's, he's still having an unbelievable career.
1: It's crazy that he was not drafted. I mean, that's just unbelievable to when you watch him, so. Yeah. All right, two more, coaches, then we'll get you out of here. Um Next one, maybe a little bit of a shameless plug, but who should be our next guest on the podcast?
2: Ah. Well, my Spades partner, you got to get Andy Woodley on here or Joe Breckenridge, one of my former teammates. You got to get – Joe would be a great one. Played at Northern Iowa, played overseas. Um, Then I got to see him be one of these goofy zebra referees out here making (laughs) bad calls in our league for a few years. I'm like, oh, this is awkward. And I don't know if I got the better end or the worst end of that some nights. Um, but great guy. I still talk to Joe a lot, too. But uh, those would be two names that 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 maybe popped to the, the top of my head just because they were former teammates.
0: Joe's a Joe's a former NICLer, too, at North Tame, I believe.
2: Oh, yeah, North Tame. He knows about playing small-town bad
0: competition. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, good. And then the last one here is
1: um, what's the best thing about – being a basketball player at the University of Dubuque
2: um I think just the relationships um the school is the, the the city is great um I think it's about being in a a great environment and And our guys uh we we're not perfect by any means but we got a good group of guys uh, that I think are going to experience something special if they decide to come up this way we try to do things the right way and hold our guys accountable and um, try to have some fun while we do it so um, hopefully we can uh, keep improving and keep getting these guys ready for um, you know, not just the four years here, but uh, the next 40 years down the road that, that they can become you know, successful you know, men in their family life and, and hopefully becoming better people. So uh, It's exciting times. It's strange times, um, but we think we still have something great going on here, and uh, we're just praying that things get back to normal here before too long i was hoping you didn't ask me who's the best shooter on here because i was more of a slasher i can't adam would have maybe got me on that but,
1: I, well yeah. one thing i was gonna say i mean obviously your your scoring track record 62 in high school and um your college career definitely a prolific score and then you've had a lot of scores uh, at your time there at uh, ud coaching too so there's something about putting the ball in the basket that you know what you're talking about
2: yeah we just we have had a few good defensive teams but not enough defensive teams though too so you know where the the stress is probably at maybe but yeah we've had a few really good individual players too that uh that could really uh, some guards that could really really score it so just gotta keep trying to find a few more of those and and try to add a little bit of size but uh it's been fun each year's a little bit different each year's challenging uh but it's a great league and it's been it's been fun to be a part of it now for crazy almost you know 17 whatever it's yeah. been 17 years so as an assistant well, head coach and,
0: and we always say here on the podcast coach that it's boring playing defense why not just try to outscore people
2: it's boring I like shooting free throws <laughs> and yeah and getting yeah. the ball in the hoop it's kind of right. yeah so it's unfortunately it's half of the game a little bit but right uh, we got to teach it a little bit we got to teach it a little bit we love shooters man it's you love having shooters on the floor and I can space it and obviously that's what a lot
1: of people are trying to do offensively. They just, just got to be able to move their feet a little bit. Mm -hmm. I always say, if you can shoot the basketball, we can find you some minutes at some point.
2: Oh, yeah. It sure seems that way.
1: Even more now
2: than ever, I think.
1: Yep, absolutely. Well, Coach, hey, we appreciate you taking some time and jumping on and talking with us. Uh, We look forward to hopefully getting some basketball, like you said, here in November. Um, If it kicks to January, whatever it is, we'll be following along and watching you guys. And we wish you all the best. And uh, best of luck here as uh, things continue to hopefully change and get better.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me and great catching up with you guys and hope all is well for your families.
0: As Brian mentioned, Coach, we really appreciate your time here on the pod. And to our listeners, we always appreciate your time too. Thank you for listening as usual. Wherever you listen to your podcast, if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate that. And you can follow us on all your social media channels. Facebook, search for The Shooter's Touch. Instagram and Twitter, at Shooter's Touch IA. And always remember, shoot or shoot.